I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs. To respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the canceling and erasure of their history, their stories, their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks. All right, this is Michelle from the Strong and Simple podcast, and I am so pumped up to be here with my co-host, Marissa Zabo, and the anti-diet trainer, Barb Puzanova. Yes! I got it? Oh, thank God. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the pressure is off. I got Ooh, I can breathe now for that. <laughs> My shoulders. <laughs> oh, you are all in for a treat today. I look up to Barb so much for all of the hard work that she does in um, the fitness industry that really rallies pretty hard against the messaging that she and both Marissa and I really put out into the universe. Um, so I'm just so excited to like really like dig in and I'm actually gonna turn it over to you, Barb, to tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, then we'll go from there. All right, thanks for handing me the mic. Um, I'm Barb Puzanova, the non-diet trainer. Um, and I'm actually gonna be celebrating my one year anniversary of the non-diet trainer being a thing. So I'm really excited to kind of kick that off with y'all awesome. <laughs> tonight. So cool, congratulations. Yeah, so uh, whenever this comes out, it'll be past a year and have learned a ton of things. Um, being a non-diet trainer this whole time, uh, started training back in 2015. Um, with the background of being someone who has not been an athlete, has been active, has enjoyed movement primarily for mental health reasons. Um, kind of one of the biggest core memories that I can remember was um, I worked and danced at a dance studio very non-competitively. I really enjoyed it and uh, came in with like a stomach ache. I was really stressed about school, about some like little quiz of like no importance, but um, went in, moved my body, danced around to some music for like 30 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, my stomach ache is gone. <laughs> it was just like such a cool moment for me to start realizing like, 
oh, I can use movement to like process and feel my feelings um, and not just kind of stuff them down and be really uncomfortable with them. So that's really where I'm coming from as a trainer. And I've only built on that through everything that I did throughout my college career, um, all the way into being a trainer and working with clients, had the great opportunity of working inside an anti-diet gym, one of the very, very few so far in the States um, that I can count maybe on one hand, uh, get Fit 615 here in Nashville. It's been an incredible growing opportunity. So that is where I'm calling in from as well. Been here in Nashville since 2002. So definitely call it my home and um, continue to do the work that I do with one-on-one -on -one clients and through the Joyful Movement Program. So those are my babies. Um, so cool. So I didn't, okay. I want an anti-diet gym here. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> wait, don't don't exist? <laughs> there's like a, a handful of gyms that I know everybody LA there's current wellness in Raleigh, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a, a, a few that I know of probably even across the world, there's like pony club gym down. And I want to say New Zealand or Australia. So on the other side of the world. So there are people in places that serve, um, in the way that we like to teach, but it's, it's very few still it's growing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's been hard for me. Um, even looking to do any sort of training, outside of straight up strong or the stuff that I do outside of my garage only because to find a place that I know that the philosophy is going to align with mine. It's like so mm -hmm. hard. And even when people are like, oh yeah, we don't do diets. Then they have, you know, a challenge with weigh-ins and I'm like, eh, you're, you're, yes, you, okay. You're, you were almost there. <laughs> if you just didn't use the word. Congratulations. Yes, exactly. I feel like it's gotten more insidious, which I've, I'm sure we have talked about Noom before. Um, I'm doing a whole breakdown on it uh, about their intake quiz, which if I screen record it, takes about 13 minutes to get through. It's a pretty long, I mean, 13 minutes doesn't sound like a lot. Right. Um, but I mean, for anyone listening that isn't familiar with Noom, it's fucking everywhere. It is obviously a diet. Um, it is a particular meal plan. Um, I'm not a registered dietitian, but I've talked to my dietitian friends and they have looked at the plans and are like, oh, this is restrictive AF. Like this isn't some sort of like, it presents itself as very almost intuitive eating based, um, very like balanced middle of the road, not a diet. Um, but it is quite so, so I wouldn't say it's a good replacement for actual solid <laughs> evidence-based work with a dietitian at all. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but it was wild to go through the intake form and be like, or the little quiz they do. Mm. First of all, like, you, you know, I mean, I, I would say like now going through it, I'm like, Oh, this is just market research. They're asking you yeah. about the, gender and they're like super woke. They're like, oh yeah, like what's your gender and what's your set, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, what are your pronouns? And you're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But all you're doing is just making it so that it feels personal and made for me and blah, blah, blah. But really you're just doing market research to make sure that you can target me. Um, because they don't target themselves as just towards you know, like just women. Um, I was talking to a dietitian friend of mine 
um, whose Instagram handle is vitamin Marie, but Maria, she's so fantastic. And she was saying Noom has been so successful is because they haven't only marketed towards women. They're just like anyone, mm-hmm. anyone. And also we use psychology very broadly psychology. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, really? That mean, I don't know. Could it be manipulation? Sure. That's psychology too. <laughs> totally. So and there's a I'm, lot of bad psychology out there, right? Like yeah. <laughs> you can use all kinds of psychology pain points, like that bro marketing pain points. Oh, thing. yeah. Definitely psychology, but I wouldn't say it's ethically something that I want to do um, in terms of my marketing, which if you're not familiar, pain points are finding your clients um, deepest, basically fears, right? I mean, if I'm, if I'm wrong, if like, why do you want to exercise? Oh, because I, you know, don't feel like I'm like attractive enough for my husband to like have sex with me. That's a, a very real thing that I was like told that this one coach went with a client in a, like a intro session or whatever with on a discovery call with a sales call with of like getting into their sex lives. And I was like, that is wrong. Yeah. (laughs) That that's a very weird and very personal and vulnerable thing to get into in the first call with someone. (laughs) And not even necessarily going to be a client. No, no. Like they, now you have that information about them. That's weird. And you're now going to use that deeply painful thing about them that, you know, to then sell them on something. Mm -hmm. Usually that's pretty high ticket. Um, so that's, that's the fitness industry usually for you. (laughs) And Noom is no different (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this goes along with Marissa and I do a lot of conversations about MLMs and multi-level marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. especially ones that are in fitness and nutrition and their whole pain points on like Hmm. moms and like fueling that, like Mm -hmm. there's already so much pressure from media and from culture for moms to quote unquote bounce back and, you know, get rid of your mom bod or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. you have these. MLM coaches that come in and they just totally, it's predatory. It's so predatory. Um, and I saw it firsthand from being in the midst of one and they like really target moms and they really target teachers and they like folks who are Mm. burnt out and are looking to be able to retire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm. You had used the word insidious earlier and like, that's really what it is. And it's like, just be clear about what you are doing mm-hmm. instead of being the, the sheep in wolf's clothing or the wolf in sheep's clothing. I said that backwards. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even think. Sheep dressed as a wolf sounds adorable. It does, it does. I mean, they're both pretty cute and very special in their own ways. So it's like, rah. Honestly, I feel like as explaining that I'm a trainer, I do feel that way a lot, that I am a sheep in wolf's clothing that people are like, oh, you're a trainer. Mm. Mm. And I have to immediately be like, I'm a non-diet trainer. I don't teach people how to lose weight. I teach them X, Y, and Z instead. Um, And I feel like I have to very quickly clarify and qualify what that means in my work. Um, And it also makes sense after we like 
sit down for just a second to think about like what the fitness industry or what trainers are taught to do, you know, whether they do it consciously or subconsciously, or if they're just like, Hey, that's just what I've been taught. I don't know any different at this point. Um, it makes sense that people don't want to engage in fitness or movement. Like it's not safe. (laughs) It doesn't feel honest. It doesn't feel clear. It doesn't feel like it honors their, you know, lived experience, um, at all. So it makes sense that people are just like, I'm not an active person and I don't really know how to go from, you know, quote unquote sedentary or like, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we hopped on of like general population, AKA not a trained athlete Mm -hmm. to being someone that has movement as part of their life period. And that's like my favorite, you know, favorite thing to teach people. It's like, Oh, it's like actually not as complicated as bros make it feel at all. (laughs) It's not that serious. Yeah. And it's not like a mystery to be solved or anything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love, um, I would love to dive into this a little bit. Um, you've referenced, um, oh, well, that's just the way I was trained. That's what I'm trained to do. Michelle and I have been having conversations because I'm starting, well, I started my certified personal training thingy and it's the same program that Michelle did. I won't name what it is. Um, but the first chapter I immediately texted her and I was like, the shit is this like fat phobic indoctrination that is going on in this first chapter. Like it is actually like revolting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm thinking of one particular bit, I guess like fitness business book that I, um, kind of like bought off a friend used. There's a reason that it was used and unused by her. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this will be helpful. I can at this point, look over kind of the fat phobia and the like weird marketing stuff. I'll take what I need out of it, but I honestly haven't gotten through the intro because it was so bad. <laughs> We're yes. like, oh no, I don't want to, I don't even want to read any more of this. It's just unfortunate um, that that's kind of where we start. Um, there was a certification that I did where some of the other stuff, again, took some nuggets of, you know, good things out of it, but mm-hmm in any intake that they did, they said, you know, if your client is at least okay with it, you do body composition period. And I'm like, what information does the amount of fat or muscle give me? I have actually never taken, you know, an in-body or whatever you want to call it, body composition or weight of any of my clients in the past five plus years. Yeah. And it's been fine. I've mm-hmm. done assessments so that I can assess, you know, different mobility, you know, things to kind of look at it, like, you know, check their ankle mobility or like looked at their squat or their, you know, whatever toe touch roll downs, et cetera. But it's like overhead mobility, like those give me information that then I can program off of and help them get stronger and moving in a way that feels good. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, I don't need to know your body composition or your body fat percentage to do that. I just don't, (laughs) you know? Yeah. If you're working with someone who wants to be a physique competitor, sure. That makes sense. But for the average person, that's not giving you actual useful information, but it sounds to me like, oh, I forgot how I was going to say this, but like, they're kind of like, pushing towards that, you know, your body composition is indicative of your health. Your weight is indicative of your health. We have to make everybody look this way. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, there's a proper range and I'm always here for more nuance within that of like, you know, there, there's some research that 
will indicate like, okay, well, we looked at like subcutaneous adipose tissue versus visceral. And then it's like, also, I have to step back and be like, how much of this can me as a coach and them as a client control? Mm -hmm. Is that what other factors are influencing where that fat is on their bodies? Mm -hmm. Let's just be practical because there's, I come from a family of academics, which is really wonderful. Uh, I love making sure that things are like evidence-based and there's like evidence to support what, whatever it is that I'm like, you know, doing, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what's the practical application, (laughs) right? It's the real world. Mm -hmm. What have we also, what have we not controlled for? Typically a lot of these like body composition things or whatever, um, have not controlled for things like, you know, the experience of racism, the experience of stigma, the experience of poverty, the experience of, you know, food scarcity, like so many other things that we have not looked at at all. Um, Mm -hmm or that are just hard to control for sometimes, um, or have not been considered because it's usually, you know, research on like white men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you're probably not gonna have that come into play nearly as much. You might have some other factors, but that's kind of it. So I'm always here for real world applications for sure. Um, it's really unfortunate that the anti-diet or non-diet or whatever movement is kind of seen as a little bit woo-woo. I'm cool Mm. being woo-woo, but at Mm. the same time, I'm like, but there's evidence. Uh, (laughs) I'm really confused (laughs) about that. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's like, there are certain behaviors that like we know are generally cool. Um, It's like (laughs) drink water, great. Making sure we have access to clean drinking water, Mm -hmm. which indigenous communities all over the world do not have um, a lot of time on, on reservations. Like, Hey, let's maybe start there. So um, (laughs) if you can't tell my public health degree has definitely influenced the way that I view a lot of this health advice. And I also understand that a lot of the clients that I work with do have a certain level of financial privilege and Mm -hmm. other kinds of privilege. So it's like, okay, there is some level of like, you have control over certain things. You have access to certain things. I don't have to talk about access to clean water with you, uh, but I want to still put it in that context of like, mm-hmm. yeah, this isn't going to be great advice for a hundred percent of people, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of brings me back to the way that we we're talking about athletes and like training athletically where it's like, yeah, athletes are going to have a certain amount of resources and brain space um, and coaching and support available to them to like really perform at the highest level. That's what they're trying to do. No shade on that. I think it's really cool and super fun to watch and like observe how they're kind of on that cutting edge. And that's really exciting. Um, But a lot of that stuff doesn't really trickle down to people like you and I that are just like, Hey, I'm working a sedentary job. I'm at my computer, uh, which has shifted a lot for me being more virtual these days. I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not working on my feet nearly as much. So it's quite a bit different. Um, And a lot of those like training principles and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think of like periodization and like macro cycles and macro micro cycles. It's like, cool, cool, cool. That's really awesome to know about. And also the general person is not training for a competition at all times. (laughs) That is just not how we're thinking of things. You don't have an off season and an on season. It's going to look a little bit different for, you know, you and I, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the biggest conversations I've had 
over the past few weeks with clients has have been um how like oh it's gonna snow this weekend i want to make sure like if i'm gonna slip on ice i can either catch myself or get back up mm. um these like real life um i'm pregnant and i'm having some you know round ligament pain what are some things i can do for this or i'm not mm -hmm. sleeping well um and then you know just general like i just want to lift heavy things i just want to <laughs> you know so it, the i hear you on that like there i don't have too many clients who are like i want to be able to do a spartan race and like i think that's super super cool folks who can do that but and i definitely know some really amazing coaches who i would refer people to if they wanted to do that because i wouldn't that's not my you know area of expertise so i think that folks who are just everyday people yeah. <laughs> just yeah. you know just trying to make it through the world yeah <laughs> smiling sometimes you know feeling less achy and you know is um and moving as mobilely as possible um because we also know that you know there's a plethora of conditions i guess for lack of a better term that can impact folks um that leave their body that you're like oh my god like this isn't, this isn't success because I've been taught that successful people look like this and they work out and da, 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 and, and mm -hmm. you know, they also make a bunch of money and, you know, down the road. And even if we're like, oh, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. It's like, mm. <laughs> I always am like, well, <laughs> I think we all kind of do to some extent because it's what, it's the water that we swim in. And there's no yeah. shame in that. It's not that, you know, you're wrong as, a person, if you have those beliefs, it's just like, yeah, it makes sense that you have those beliefs or, mm -hmm. or feel that way about your body, because that is what, you know, even if you have, um, parents that were supportive, like I have so many stories where it's like, Hey, my parents were supportive. And, you know, I had a pretty good upbringing or they had some positive role models overall. It's still society like does have that influence over time. Um, so it's awesome and so good if you can find like a handful of people, um, you know, even having that one coach or that one person that's like, hey, actually, I don't believe in that, which is why I think social media is so great because it puts us in contact with people that are like, hey, actually, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, let's bring in a different message. Um, but it can still be really tough to start to kind of go against the tide yeah. of, of where things have been going so far. Uh, I don't really know. I'm always very curious about the history of fitness of like how that started and like, why because <laughs> mm -hmm. we can quote that, you know, the diet industry and it's like a multi-billion dollar industry or whatever. They're making a butt ton of money. Mm -hmm. But I'm always curious of like, well, where, where and when did that start? And mm -hmm. fitness of like, where and when did all this start? You know, like, mm -hmm. why is, why is it when we think about fitness, we think about group fitness and we think about CrossFit, bar, yoga, um, running, like, why are those the ones, but we don't think about like pole fitness, um, or like, and it's like, oh, because there's a connection to sex workers and that's mm. not cool. Mm -hmm. Um, somehow that hasn't made it quite to the mainstream as like 
hot yoga somehow. Um, <laughs> so I'm always very curious about like, why are the things that are popular so popular right now? Like what yeah. is their purpose and who's marketed it? Mm. Um, so it's, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> oh, I get it. I have that curiosity too, but I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm like, it's going to be eugenics, isn't it? Just once I want something to not be rooted in eugenics. Just once. I was just thinking about the yoga thing or hot yoga in particular. And I, I'm, I thought immediately to a Bikram and I'm just like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> just, oh no. Why does it all have to be bad? <laughs> just bad. That's unfortunate. Um, so yeah, I, I also get to that point where I'm just like, Hmm that's a weird history. Uh, but it's important to talk about it. I feel like my maintenance space goes through that a lot where they're just like, Oh, it's this again, isn't it? Oh, here <laughs> we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Somehow boiled down to this. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I think about any one of the things I lifted, like, or talked about mentioned was like CrossFit. It's like, Oh man, well, we can talk about that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which again, kind of like, I mean, shade to CrossFit for a, a lot of other things, but I actually did have a pretty good experience with CrossFit. It was like the thing that brought me from um, training kind of bodybuilding style with the the ex of mine that kind of taught me about strength training, which is great, like pros and cons, right? Um, but we did like a bodybuilding split. It was very focused on aesthetics. And as soon as I got into CrossFit, I was like, I don't know what any of these movements are. It's super mm -hmm. exciting for me to learn what the hell a Turkish getup is or a bear complex or how to do a kipping handstand push-up. I was like, this is fascinating. Um, so, I mean, all of the things that I mentioned, we can easily shit on. And also it's like, I recognize there are people that have probably a good relationship with like Bikram style yoga. And it's like, cool, if you like that series, that's great. But also like you, we can still criticize and still be aware of the history of it. Yeah. Um, just like I can criticize like any, any other thing I think about intuitive eating and it's like, yeah, probably the first edition of intuitive eating that Elise Rush and, um, Evelyn Triboli came out with was not great. Um, and they admit it themselves. They're like, mm -hmm. yeah, it wasn't great. Um, which is why there's like a fourth edition now or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah always revising and always updating as we know further things and admit where we were wrong and stay accountable to that. It's like, that's probably a good idea. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really great point. And I think that they are actually a really great example of, you know, taking accountability for things like as they learn and unlearn things and then like doing better the next time and like being open and honest about it where, there's like in almost every place in society there people are just like I don't want to do or say the wrong thing but I'm never going to try to do anything differently and I'm gonna you know and it's like we're all <laughs> there's all all of us have things that we learned you know and that we have to unlearn and that that unlearning and learning new things to be better Mm -hmm. is like really where the magic happens. And if folks mm -hmm. aren't being open about, you know, like where, you know, like yeah. I used to sell weight loss. I used to be like, do this three-day cleanse. Like mm -hmm. I did that. And like, shit. 
now yeah, I yeah. know that that's bullshit and not the best. It's shitty, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but like, I'm gonna say, like, I I did that. Like, I didn't just like come come into fitness and nutrition coaching with like an non weight loss lens, like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We're not just necessarily born into that. And even if I had the opportunity to like work at a gym that never had those values, it still was very different in 2015 than Mm -hmm. five years later. I remember I was probably, I don't think I was macro counting, but I still probably had some leftover thoughts around that. Um, I know I struggled with cooking and meal prepping for a long time. Cause I was just like, I am really burnt out on all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I struggled with that for a, a very long time to figure out like, how do I reclaim this back from diet culture and my eating disorder of like, oh yeah, I can actually prepare meals ahead of time. And they don't all have to be, um, you know, some like super wild bodybuilding style, <laughs> meal prepping, like chicken, broccoli, rice kind of things. Right. Um, and I, I know the, the, the owner, like she was doing whole 30 and that served her at some point where she was like, Oh, I'm not calorie counting. I'm doing whole 30, which is focusing less on weighing things. And it was a stepping stone for her. Um, but then eventually that kind of fell away too, as we had conversations about it, or as she kind of like also again, internally was kind of like, huh, like what's within my values and what do I want um, to put out there and, you know, all that stuff. I can't speak to, to her process, you know, internally, but it just, it changed over time and it wasn't exactly the same as when it started, which is a huge sign of growth. And it's a great thing. Um, and I love that by the end, we really, you know, stood for something and it kind of brings it back full circle to what you were saying earlier, Michelle, of like, I wish, you know, there were places that I could train from that stood for something. Like, I don't, you know, even if you don't stay for exactly the same thing as me, I want you to be specific and clear about it instead of like, well, it's cool if you want to do this, but it's also cool if you want to do that. And it's cool if you support this, but it's also cool. And it's like, I get nuance is important for sure. Uh, But sometimes you do have to draw somewhat of a line in the sand so that you then create a space that feels at least somewhat safe or like boundaried where it's like, Hey, we're not doing this. Like we were talking about how, um, I don't take on clients that want to do intentional weight loss. That's a boundary I have for myself, you know? And it doesn't mean that my clients can't have thoughts about like, Oh, what is this movement going to do? Is it going to help me lose weight? But we just have established between ourselves that we're not going to be focusing on that, on that. It's not going to be the top priority. It's not the results that I'm going to be giving them. When I talk about results, that's not what I'm going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it just means that I'm drawing somewhat of a line in the sand to make things clear instead of like, well, it's body positivity and feeling mm. positively about your body. So if you want to lose fat and lose weight, then we can do that here too. It's like, no, I just want to be clear about like what we are and are not doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes it clear for my clients and they really appreciate that at the end of the day. And then some clients, I'm just like, Hey, you're not a good fit. I'm going to refer you to someone that I trust who just, who does that stuff. Just like you mentioned, where it's like, Hey, I know someone else who does this mm-hmm. thing really well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's not me. Yep. Yeah. I think so bringing up body positivity, mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. know, that whole, 
mean, starting as a social justice movement and then being co-opted by, you know, so many trainers and coaches, most of them who don't know any better. I mean, I will put that out there. And as we're talking about like learning and unlearning and doing better, like I can give some people some grace for maybe at one point they don't know better, but at some point when I'm actually witnessing them being told, (laughs) like, um, sometimes it's myself, you know, giving a little call in, um, and refusing to learn, um, or not being ready to learn whatever. Anyways, I digress, but like, what, what is your advice for the people, Barb, about how to tease out what is truly a non-diet health at every size, intuitive Mm -hmm. eating, Mm -hmm body neutral slash body positive like if somebody's looking for a coach yeah what are some of the I guess red flags that could be like this is actually you know potentially not really what you're looking for does that make sense yeah um I would honestly say a big red flag for me Um, because I do have that resource of people, you know, of other gyms and other trainers that are also non-diet or anti-diet function within this kind of, um, perspective and this paradigm as I'm like looking through, or if somebody messages me, it's like, Hey, I'd like to be added to it. It's like, great. Love that. We'll follow you and see like what, (laughs) what things you're putting out. A big red flag for me is always transformation pictures. Um, especially if it's, phrased. I I don't know why it like bothers me so much, but it bothers me when they have a little story highlight and it says results or like client testimonials. Mm -hmm. And it's primarily focusing on on their body composition. Um, because what that shows me is that you, you are focusing on their body. That's something that I realized the Newman take form does a lot is they say, we're not a restrictive diet. We're not focusing on weight loss. They ask you a ton of questions about like, what do you want to get out of this? And it's like better mood, energy, sleep, da, da, da. And you're like, oh, great. Holistic. Love that. But there's always some sort of footnote about, Hey, well, blah, blah, blah. Amount of new users lost this much weight in this amount of time. And it's like, mm-hmm. so you're still bringing it back to that. So mm-hmm. what are we, what are we talking about here? And I think, yeah, anytime it mentions like a lot of, if there's a lot of focus on like the aesthetics of certain things, um, mentions of weight and weight loss, it's really honestly quite easy um, to mention the transformations that your clients go through in a holistic way without taking pictures of their bodies or mentioning how many pounds they lost or Um, I've also seen a version of this where the client has, is visibly thinner, more muscular, whatever, but then they're like, oh, but I've gained weight. And I'm like, I don't care. You're still showing person has gone from, you know, before larger to after smaller in some way, or has changed in accordance to our, you know, like now it's cool to be muscular. So like, great. Now they're like more muscular. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it's like bad to be strong. It's not bad to take care of your health. There are a lot of things that go along with a lot of these transformation posts of like, Hey, I had to prioritize taking care of myself and set boundaries and delegate things. And like, you know, prioritize making sure I sleep and all these other things or like learn about nutrition, which 
I will admit, we don't have great nutrition classes like in the States. We don't really learn about that stuff. And like, I get that. Um, or like how to prepare meals. Like if you didn't have a parent figure who was going to teach you how to prepare vegetables, it's going to be like quite groundbreaking to go through that as an adult and say, oh my gosh, I really like Brussels sprouts if they're done this way and not just like, you know, in a way that I don't enjoy or whatever. So we can mention all of those things and not show a before and after. We don't have to talk about their weight before and after. We don't have to have specific calorie counts, like all of that stuff. Um, so that I think is the biggest red flag where it's like, you're trying to, you're trying to do both. And I think that's the biggest question for a lot of folks is like, can I do intuitive eating and still do intentional weight loss? Can I engage in movement, you know, in a way that makes me happy and still want to lose weight from it? And I'm like, at the end of the day, it's your body, you know, you have autonomy to do whatever the fuck you want. I have also gone through that process myself. I have seen what's on the other side for me. And it wasn't great. Uh, it was not happiness <laughs> for me personally. So I got to see for myself. And sometimes you really do have to see for yourself. And that's cool too. But um, if there is someone out there who is like, hey, I am trying to kind of, you know, do that unlearning process and find people on social media or online or wherever, um, and someone is claiming to be health at every size or inclusive or body positive, and they're st still doing that stuff. Um, like you said, Michelle, like, you know, read about the actual history of the body positivity movement first, understand what the definition is. Cause it's used for marketing so much. <laughs> and it's, it is literally everywhere. It's abused for marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It's abused for marketing. Correct. Yeah. It's completely lost its meaning, um, and its impact. And quite frankly, the, the advocacy and like, I don't know, benefit that any sort of like marginalized person or identity is supposed to feel from yeah. <laughs> that movement. Just like, Oh yeah. Your, uh, body positivity is, is feeling positively about your body. So if you want to do X, Y, and Z, it doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it all is cool and it all flies and mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's an interesting take. So I would say, you know, follow people, see how it makes you feel. That's another thing too, is like, how does this messaging make me feel? And there are people out there, um, you know, there are certain accounts that I don't really take issue with, but they just don't make me feel super great. So I, I will have to unfollow them sometimes where um, people take that like, oh, I'll kind of do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And a lot of these accounts tend to be more like exercise and physiology kind of nerds, you know, where it's like, oh, this is really cool. I get to learn as a trainer. Um, they have some macro stuff, but it doesn't matter. But um, you can just tell that it's, it's not rooted in the same values as I, you know, really want to espouse where they're not really talking about weight stigma. They're not really talking about any sort of like social justice issues. And it's like, you know, that's cool. Like I, I can see my way out. Uh, or like, again, take whatever nuggets of knowledge that I need from that page, but also understand that we're just not going to see eye to eye on, on everything. That's, that's cool too. I think Christina Montalvo said that not every post is, is made for you. That's cool. I get to move on and be like, I see what this is. And like, I see what you're about, or at least what you're putting out there. And that's cool. I don't, I don't have to like argue with you at every turn. Um, it is hard sometimes for sure, where you're like, 
I don't know. I still haven't quite figured out the, um, the balance there sometimes where I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to let you do your thing. Or sometimes like it is, it is important to actually call somebody in and be like, Hey, so this might be an opportunity, um, for, you know, considering something, something different, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a balance. There's yeah. so many of us out there. Yeah. So yeah, true. I find myself following some accounts mostly because I need to remind myself that all of mm-hmm. that is still out there Oof, um, yeah. because I did such a really nice job of really curating my feed. And even to the point where my explore page was essentially all raccoons and like, it was the best Lur- like raccoons are so cute. But anyways, <laughs> like, I had like, like literally that and I had to like it was it took me so long to curate this too right but at some point I would hear somebody say something like um and I'd be like oh Mm -hmm. people still think like like and then realizing that that's actually the prevalence (laughs) the prevailing you know sentiment out there and so I still I do I had to start refollowing some folks just to kind of remind myself um mm-hmm. and then also remind myself of why I am not mm-hmm. in that belief system yeah totally um, yeah yeah I think that's, that's a great um I don't know that's a great practice to do sometimes because my discover page is definitely not all raccoons unfortunately <laughs> I definitely see a lot of stuff around like sugar addiction and like all these things that I'm like, what? But it's interesting to, again, kind of go in there and be like, what, what are people saying in the comments? Like what's the prevailing like opinion or response? And it's also really cool to see that, for example, there is a celebrity that's doing some sort of juice cleanse for a role. And there are people that are like, I mean, the vast majority, I would say 90% are like, good for you. You're so disciplined. And then 10% is like, I grew up in the nineties and early two thousands. We actually don't need you to be thinner anymore. (laughs) You can stop. (laughs) We're good. We actually don't care uh, for that purpose. And especially if you feel like you have to go through this whole regimen, um, we don't need you to do that. Yeah. You know, and if directors are asking you to do that, that's, that's on them, not on you and your body. So I think it's also cool to kind of see like where the winds are going and seeing like what people are kind of catching on and being like, yeah, I I'm tired of that. You know, like I kind of want something else. Um, and that's really exciting too. Um, and for those who are like committed, you know, also at the same time, like this, this particular actress or whoever, um, can just be like, Hey, this is like what I want to do. It doesn't mean that I have to go out and do it. It doesn't mean that anyone who sees it has to go out and do it. But at the same time, it's like, well, you do have a large platform. <laughs> so <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> you know, Mikey see Mikey do. We're going to, we're going to do what we think other people are doing. That's, I mean, I think we think we're so complicated, but sometimes it really is that simple. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for, 
I don't know, this movement to grow. That's why I'm so excited to connect with other trainers, uh, like in this paradigm, I don't know what else to call it, but in the like anti and non-diet fitness space, because it reminds me that it really does take a village and I'm not at all concerned about being competition at all. (laughs) I want more people, um, period, end of story. I don't need to be the next Jillian Michaels, but just non-diet trainer Jillian Michaels I really don't need that I don't think the world needs that um I think it operates off of scarcity and I just like don't care for it so I would much rather partner up and cooperate and like continue to grow this because the world needs it (laughs) I'm just saying absolutely I just tried to picture what like a non-diet Jillian Michaels would be like and it was really scary yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> um, I will probably, I mean, if you talk to any health at every size people, I think there are people that are like, like a black and white, like sort of like no nuance non-diet mm-hmm. trainer. Yeah, <laughs> not like you will eat this. No. Yeah. <laughs> you have to eat the donut. Eat it now. <laughs> It's probably get off the treadmill. Probably what people imagine we are doing with our clients is like, you can't move and eat this pizza. That's totally don't try to be healthy ever. (laughs) Don't take care of yourself. (laughs) That is, I think, honestly, I think a lot of people think that's what anti-diet and and practitioners are like. It's never eat a vegetable, don't drink water. Just don't soda. <laughs> All Just, the time. Either don't sleep or sleep constantly. I mean, it could be anything, folks. Like I could talk with you all night, Barb, but I know that yes, <laughs> everybody has other things probably to do. So what if you could tell like one nugget? of advice for folks looking for a coach or looking to find joy in their movement? What is like that big rock you would suggest to them? Hmm. Truly keep it simple. I think it can really be easy to get wrapped up in the details. Again, Like I always explain, you can make a pot of coffee very simply with one step, you click a button and you're good, or you put a pot in or whatever, or you can make it a whole 12 step process with like grams of water and beans of coffee and whatever you can get real specific. And I think fitness can be the same way of like, you can talk about, you know, just like going for a walk, simple as that. Or you can also talk about like, well, where do you get the most hamstring activation and which exercise and how many reps and how many sets and da, 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 da. It's like, let us as coaches figure that out. Make sure that the coach meets you where you're at instead of dumping all this information on you from the get-go, which is really overwhelming. So find someone who can keep it simple, teach you things like movement patterns and like breathing and make sure that they meet you as a person, as a regular ass person. There's nothing to be ashamed of, to be someone that is just trying to add movement into their life so they can go out and do all the awesome shit that you are already doing um, and let movement enhance all of the great things that you are instead of trying to mold yourself into some like fancy athlete. 
We're not all meant to be that, and we don't all have to be that. We're better as a society when we have, you know, activists that are well taken care of, when we have lawyers that are well taken care of, when we have doctors that are well taken care of, like all of these people that are really important to society. Um, that was three of very, very many, <laughs> but making sure that, you know, we keep it simple at the end of the day. Um, and that if you have a coach and you hire a coach, they keep it simple with you. I love that so, so, so much. And I have loved this entire conversation. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I literally could sit here and talk for like another two hours. Like I want to talk shop. I want to ask your opinion of <laughs> life. Like this was so good. <laughs> the only reason um, that I am keeping to this hour or so is because I know I'm going to talk for another 90 minutes tonight with <laughs> Jamie Call. So I'm kind of like, oh. And uh, I've talked this morning too. So I pretty much laid in bed this afternoon. I was like, yeah, we are not working out <laughs> like folded laundry. So I'm going to do some laundry, have some dinner, nice. drink some water and then um, get ready for the joyful movement program. My excitement is high, but I also need to make sure to take a little break. <laughs> yes, yeah, do that. Definitely. Rest up. Just tell everybody where they can find you and then we will let you go rest before your next chat <laughs> for my next adventure your next adventure always always find me uh probably on instagram unless in instagram at some point is defunct uh but until that time at non-diet underscore trainer um email me at the non-diet trainer at gmail.com and I think that's it. I don't go a whole bunch of other places. I'm sure I have a Twitter and all this other stuff, but I don't really check it. So <laughs> keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point in Twitter is you tweet something and then you take a screenshot and you put it on Instagram, right? So oh, you already know, Marissa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the only way. It is. It is. Well, thank you so much. This was so awesome. Like we'll have to have you back again. Well, that's it. Thanks for having me. This has been an episode of the strong and simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at strong and simple podcast. And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at strong and simple podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs.